0: so what's trending bridging your catholic faith with your everyday life you're listening to trending with timory on relevant radio welcome to our weekly happy hour on trending we're going to talk about why prayer should change us for the better the fourfold purity that meditation produces i heard a wise priest once say And I thought it was very, very profound when talking about prayer. This really stood out to me. And he said, there's a direct proportion between our level of happiness and the level to which we pray. And so I want to talk about why prayer is a part of our human nature and why it makes us happy. I'm also going to take your abortion questions, numbers 1-888-914-9149, to weigh in on the conversation today. Uh, today, I want to share with you about the Memoire Moment, a book that we have that we're offering for free here at Relevant Radio. Don't you love free things? And when I say free, I really do mean free. There's no hidden costs, no shipping, no handling, nothing like that. Your free copy is available at RelevantRadio.com, and it's a memoir I moment. It's a book written by our CEO here at Relevant Radio, Father Rocky. And I wanted to talk in light of this book and having read through it, why we ask the Virgin Mary to remember us in her prayers. This prayer actually takes me back to my childhood because it's a prayer that I witnessed my mom actually pray every single day. She'd pray the rosary, and on those opportunities when we'd pray our rosary as a family, especially if we were all in the car together, uh, during long rides, I would pray the rosary with my mom, and at the end of the rosary, we would always pray the Memoire prayer. A very important time of silence and petition would usually ensue after praying the memoir. And I remember my mom would use that time to silently pray her petitions, asking for our ladies intercession. And she would tell us to do the same. And then we'd all wait for each other. and We'd mimic the sign of the cross to conclude our time of prayer of the rosary. And it is interesting because I think back on that and a few things I learned is, First, that we have to go to the Virgin Mary for her intercession with everything, whether it's as a little girl understanding that it was what we want, what we need, what we hope for, what we desire, what we fear, what we love, even sometimes having to do with what we dislike, what we hate. But at the end of the day, that memoir was a moment to entrust everything to her most virginal and maternal intercession. And I really saw through this prayer, especially the Memoare and the Rosary, but the memoir at the end, especially with that silent time of petition, that I saw my mom's love and de- devotion and dependence on that prayer. And again, it taught for me this moment of go to Mary, pray to Mary. What we were doing was important. Now, it's interesting because we especially as Catholics kind of make this moment where we draw a line in the sand when we pray for Our Lady's intercession, especially the memoire. We literally, at the beginning of the prayer, we say, Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. And the prayer continues to go on. But in those brief moments, we start by asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to remember us. This is much the idea behind prayer that we're asking Our Lady to remember us now in her prayers before her son's heavenly throne. And I want to talk about what it means and some examples from sacred scripture to remember in just a moment. Why would we ask Our Lady to remember us? But I do think it's interesting in this first sentence of the Memorare that it turns to the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and discusses how anyone who turns to her protection, to her care in this prayer is never left unaided. And this was actually a sobering first experience for me as a child, because I remember seeing my mother and her petitions that she would pray for, and some of which wouldn't be answered, some of which I never knew, and some that were certainly answered or answered in a different way. And it was kind of one of my first experiences with the idea that while God does always answer our prayers, he doesn't always answer them in the way we want. And I wanted to pause for just a moment and think about that, because when often people pray, I've actually known people who have entirely quit praying because the very prayer they were asking God for or the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary for wasn't an answered the way we want they wanted. In fact, I remember a woman I known who was a convert from Islam to Catholicism. And she would pray to Our Lady. And at a certain point, she became so upset that Our Lady wasn't answering this one particular petition of hers that she quit. She quit religion. She quit specifically Catholicism that she had converted to. And it's a reminder for us that our prayer, how fervently we pray, how much we pray, or our belief in God should never rest upon how our prayers are answered because at the end of the day we're actually going to talk about this a little bit some of the fruit of how uh, when we pray it purifies uh, our desires our mind our heart our will all of these elements uh, and it's really important. We'll talk about that a little bit because I think it's important in relation to our our weekly happy hour today because when we don't pray, we're not happy. I heard a wise priest once say that, that our direct proportion to which we pray is directly connected to how happy we are in life. And so this memoire, when we turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary and we're asking for her intercession, in the very first sentence, we say that we know that those who implore her intercession are never left unaided, we actually have to mean that when we pray that, that we actually are entrusting the petitions to Our Lady, not to just be answered the way we want. You see, prayer isn't magic. Although you could argue in a certain way, I guess, if you wanted to use those words, they're not words I would choose. The prayer is magical in the respect that God literally intervenes in time and space intervening in human nature intervening in the midst of what would seem to be the impossible intervening in simple ways to change transform bring hope to bring about an interior exterior disposition um, disposition disposition that is so important. And so it is important that we, when we pray this prayer, we understand that simple teaching that is unpacked right there in that first sentence of turning to Our Lady for our intercession. And we understand sometimes the answer to our prayers, yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not yet. And that not yet can be for years. I learned that. I joke, my husband and I, I think dated by the time we got married. I think we were engaged. Uh, when we got engaged, it was almost six, five, six years. And I think when we got married, it was right around seven years. We've been together a long time. Trust me when I say there's no, not yet, maybe. <laughs> They're in there. I wouldn't advise that long dating period for anyone. Neither of us wanted it or wish we had it especially looking back, uh, but let's come to another portion of this prayer, but I think that lesson is very important. The other part is we start by recognizing that this prayer is titled The Memoir, and if you're just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Timur here on Relevant Radio, we're talking about why we ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to Pray for us, to remember us in her prayers. Uh, we have this new book that we're offering for free here at Relevant Radio. No hidden costs, completely for free. You can sign up to to receive it at relevantradio.com. Just head there now. We have a big, beautiful image of Our Lady, the The book alone, the icon in the front is gorgeous. I would want it just for that. But the contents are amazing. Father Rocky, our CEO here at Relevant Radio, uh, wrote this book, The Memoir Moment, and it's available to you for free. So why do we ask Our Lady to remember us in her prayers? Well, Father Rocky points out that when we are asking Our Lady to remember us, we're not just being nostalgic or sentimental. It's not just to make us feel good of, oh, we're asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to pray for us, looking at her is comforting, thinking of her praying for me is comforting. No, we're actually doing something and something's occurring in us by doing this. It's an act of humility, first of all, when we pray. Or it should be an act of humility. We shouldn't just assume that our prayers are going to be answered as we wish. Uh, but it's a moment that we're asking God not to forget about us. Not that God could or would ever forget about us. It's actually very clear and sacred scripture. Just like a mother can't forget her child, God can't forget or abandon us. But it's a plea to God by Mary's intercession, this Memoare, for an intervention in our lives, for a stepping in. It's also when we're asking God to remember us, we're remembering God. We are being humble in that moment saying, my life depends upon you. My life is a gift from you. I'm created to be with you. I'm created, you can get this one, this is why our prayers aren't always answered according to how we wish or want them to be, but we will never be left unaided. It's also us striving to conform our wills to God. That's all part of what's made up in this Memoriary Prayer. We're asking God to remember us. We're remembering Him and uniting, hopefully, ideally, our will to His. Father Rocky, in his book, The Memoriary Moment, discusses in how this whole book, I think, when we see this moment in a sacred scripture where he talks about where the word remember is used in the Old Testament. And he touches on a topic that, as you know, is very near and dear to my heart. We talk a lot about it here on Trending, and that is fertility and infertility. As you and I know, many of us know someone who struggled with infertility, and it's a topic of uh, much discussion with the increase in infertility in our society today. And you know my little short journey that I had experienced as well uh, prior to having our first baby. Uh, But it's interesting when you look at some of the usage of the words remember in sacred scripture, it's used a handful of times uh, circling around fertility, especially infertility. In Genesis chapter 30, we read about how God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. That is Rachel who found herself infertile. Here, married to Jacob, unable to have children. And, you know, that's a topic, especially in the Old Testament, even today, uh, where at least in the Old Testament, women thought they were cursed or looked down upon in society. They looked down upon themselves when they couldn't have children. Why? Well, in part because motherhood is such a fundamental part of being a woman. And yes, children are viewed as an absolute gift from God. And so to not have a child, many women uh, would think or feel as if they were abandoned or despised or unworthy or less than uh, because motherhood and the gift of life was such a beautiful thing understood by the culture at the time. And so in Genesis 30, we read that God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. So she was able to have children. and. We understand that this is God remembering her. It's an act of mercy that God is interceding, is stepping in, is remembering and acting in time and space to intervene in our lives. Another place related to fertility where we read uh, that Hannah now in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Hannah is the mother of Samuel. who becomes a priest in the Old Testament, and we hear Hannah pleading with God in 1 Samuel chapter 1 to remember her. She's struggling with infertility. She's not been able to have children, and she's back on and on in the temple praying. In fact, the priest actually thinks that she's drunk and tries to kick her out of the temple. But she's there in the temple praying before God saying, remember me, remember me. And she's asking for his intercession. Lo and behold, God blesses her with a child after years of infertility. I really do believe when I think of these stories of God remembering his people are being called upon to remember his people. I really do believe that the memoir is a special prayer for women, wives, and mothers. I'm not saying this prayer isn't for men because I really do believe any prayer to our ladies for all of us. But being a wife and a mother and a woman, I see in particular how this prayer is an opportunity for all of us, not just women, for bursts of love, of aspiration to Our Lady, of bursts of humility, abandonment, trust, and hope, and this short 30 second prayer. Mary plays a very special role in my life, and I see her as the perfection of what it means to be a woman, a wife, and a mother. For me, just glancing upon an icon of Our Lady as she cherishes and holds the Christ child or Lord Jesus Christ in her arms brings me peace, hope, a model, and a plan. Oh, whether it's moments throughout the day that are difficult with my baby girl, whether it's moments where I just need a reminder of who and what's most important, there Our Lady is cradling and rocking the king of the universe. What more are we called to than to adore him and conform our whole lives to him and submit our lives to him at the service of him, no matter where we're at. And at that point in Jesus Christ's life and those icons that we see of Our Lady, she was to give herself fully in that sacrificial gift of motherhood to an infant that can be so challenging, so sleepless, uh, uh, really dependent on the woman's body and energy and everything. And so in that memoir, and especially kind of turning back to my childhood, as I shared, it's this go to Mary moment, but it's going to Mary and Jesus. It's a reminder to be like Mary and Jesus, because we're turning to her, asking for her to remember us before her son. I think that the memoir in many ways summarizes this beautifully and simply in the 32nd prayer to be like Mary, to go to Mary. That we're fortified for the journey through this prayer, knowing and entrusting ourselves to her intercession, calling upon her as the Virgin Mary, recognizing even just in those words of Virgin Mary, grace, calling her gracious, that those words are only made possible because God intervened in her life preserving her from original sin preserving her from all sin throughout her entire life making her gracious father rocky in his book memory moments available for free to you now no hidden cost completely for free relevantradio.com he actually talks about uh, some of the Latin and the Greek behind various words in the memoire, and even just looking at her as being called gracious, most gracious Virgin Mary. that This is an appeal in a certain respect to the greeting of the angel Gabriel to the blessed Virgin Mary when he says, Hail Mary, full of grace. And that word in the Greek isn't even translatable, that gracious is one word that barely scratches the surface of Our Lady and who she was by the power of God. So let's pray together this prayer, the memoir. If you've never prayed it, you can look it up simply online, the memoir. uh, And let's pray it for a number of petitions, especially those that have been coming into me over this last week in particular. We'll pray for, especially since we've been talking about fertility, those who are struggling with infertility, Anna, Victor, Brittany, Caitlin. We'll pray for those seeking a spouse, uh, we'll pray especially for the sick Maria, who's pregnant and has colon cancer, for Gloria, a young mom whose husband's died, leaving her uh, a widow and with a tiny little baby girl. Uh, we'll pray for our families, all of us now praying together for our priests, bishops, Pope. We pray for our Supreme Court justices and the outcome of the decision on abortion, the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health case. and imminent in the coming weeks. that will see Roe versus Wade overturned. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer me, Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Please pick up your free copy of the Memoir Moment to buy our, C- our CEO Father Rocky. Um, you'll love this book. It's beautifully designed, rich in prayer, and will help you in your devotion and prayer. I love Catholic Radio because we give things actually away completely for free, so head over to relevantradio.com to get your free copy. We're going to come back talking about how prayer is a part of human nature, how you won't be happy if you don't pray. We'll talk about four of the benefits of prayer, how they purify things from our intellect, our heart, and more. Also, I'm taking your abortion questions as the heat continues over the debate circling around Roe versus Wade and the future of abortion in this nation. The number's 1-888-914-9149. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Some interesting questions continue to come in on the abortion front. I'll take those in just a little bit. Numbers 1-888-914-9149 if you have a question. Today's our weekly happy hour every Monday. And today we're focusing on prayer. We talked about the Memorare, why we turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, asking her to remember us In her prayers, and again, you can pick up—I want to say purchase—but it's totally free. I love Catholic Radio. We actually give stuff away completely for free, no hidden cost. Just go to relevantradio.com. It's right there on the banner. You can pick up your free copy of Father Rocky's new book, *Memoire Moment*. Why prayer should change us for the better. I want to talk about this because. Um, We'll talk about why prayer makes us happier and there's a direct connection between how happy we are and the level to which we pray. We'll discuss that in a little bit as well as giving you some tips if you need to spice up. And strengthen your prayer life, but that's also part of what I want to discuss now: why prayer should change us for the better, the fourfold purity that meditation produces. There's this age-old classic book on prayer and growing the prayer life by Reverend Don Leody titled "The Ways of Mental Prayer." Uh, Some of the top theologians and spiritual guides over the last hundred years or so, in particular, have turned to and pointed out this book: the ways of mental prayer. And one thing that I really do believe And Grant, I'm a reader. I love to read. Not everyone's a reader, but it's also very human to read. And I think we've gotten pretty lazy in our society today when it comes to reading. So there's my little kind of encouragement for you to read. And I always say, if you want to read, just read. Two to four pages a night. I remember this was something that my mom used to always say when I was a kid. I think Dennis Prager or someone used to always say, if you want to read, you want to become a reader, just read two to four pages before you go to bed every night. I think he said you'll finish like five or six books in a year, and that's pretty good. The reality is, if the book gets good after just a couple pages each night, you're going to want more, and it's one of the best ways to relax before going to bed. But I digress. So if you want to get better at something, you want to read about it. So if you want to become better at praying, yes, you should pray, but you should also learn more about it. If you want to be uh, better at, I don't know, uh, being positive, it would be a good idea to maybe read some things about changing your perspective on sorrow depression, anxiety, and talk about reading about something that would help you to have a positive mindset. So there's a lot of things that we could discuss, but prayer is one of those where we all desire to pray. We don't always take the time to study about it or to actually carve the time out to pray. It's a hypothetical. But Reverend Don Reverend Don Leody in The Ways of Mental Prayer talks about the fourfold purity that meditation produces. And when I talk about purity, I'm talking about what happens on the level of the conscience, the heart, the intellect, and the will, and how Prayer, specifically meditation, purifies our consciences, our hearts, our intellects, and our will. And this is a game changer in growing in the spiritual life, in finding a better sense of happiness and ultimately joy that's rooted in God, that isn't a fleeting emotion. That's why we talk about these topics every week on Trending. And prayer, I really do believe, is at the heart of this happiness crisis if we were to pray more and to really grow in our prayer life and our devotion it brings about a true transformation in us. we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit but let's talk about meditation because this is what the wise wise priests and mystics before us have discussed that when we specifically not just pray, you know, making vocal prayers, you know, it could be a Hail Mary, the Rosary, but when we meditate specifically, the meditation bears a fourfold fruit again on our hearts, our intellects, and we'll get into all of that in a moment. But first, let's talk about forms of meditation. Because in the 21st century, there's nothing new, even though some people like to think that is. There are many forms of meditation today, and they're not all Christian, they're not all Catholic. I mean, people believe, who believe in self-manifestation are, in a certain, certain form, meditating. They're meditating on what they want, and they're literally trying to meditate to um, manifest those things. And just a reminder, it's been a while since we've talked about it. Manifestation goes 100% against our Catholic faith. There's nothing wrong with turning to God and praying to God for things. But if we're literally trying to manifest it ourselves, that's problematic. And there is an attitude in our culture where we combine a little bit of Catholicism with a little bit of uh, atheistic or... A pagan, outright pagan uh, forms of spirituality, as some people would say. Then there's yoga, where yoga, and specifically Buddhism, has a goal in some of their types of prayer of complete self emptying, of achieving nothingness, of achieving ultimately the goal in yoga, the goal in specifically uh, Buddhism, is to achieve nirvana, which is emptiness. Your focus is. Just the removal, the absence of everything. And that is very anti-Christian because our end should always be God. It should be communion. It should be The perfect love who is God, not nothingness. I don't want to become nothing. I don't know about you. Now, people could also argue, I've seen in yoga as well, that yoga can do some great things, such as getting people to be centered and focused on practical ideas, such as gratitude, even such as hope, among other things. There's a lot of virtue ethic in Buddhism and yoga, and this could be implemented into various meditations that are used. But when I talk about all this, whether you're visualizing your goals, visualizing your day, there are so many forms of meditation. Christian meditation transforms and transcends all of this. And yes, can incorporate some of these elements and some of these elements were taken from the great, great tradition of christianity that is built on the tradition of judaism the belief in the one true god now christian meditation does all of this though differently in the respect that it's uniting us with god namely with truth and love himself conformity to reality, conformity to the way in life of God, the creator who created us with a particular purpose. So that brings me back to what does meditation produce when we're engaging in Christian Catholic centric meditation, whether it's meditating on sacred scripture. Maybe a few words from a favorite passage of sacred scripture. Maybe it's meditating on the mass reading of the gospel for today. Maybe it's meditating on a very wise statement from a saint. Maybe it's meditating upon the mystery of the incarnation and those words, the word became flesh. There's so many different things that we can meditate on, and that's a discussion for another topic, and we'll actually discuss that in a little bit about how to spice up and grow our prayer life. But what meditation purifies in this book, as discussed, an incredible book, we'll include a link on social media as well as in the podcast notes for today. Just follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, anywhere on social media. Those links will be up on Facebook and Twitter, though. And... What we see, and again, that's a book, The Ways of Mental Prayer by Reverend Dom Leodi. And the th- four things that are produced is a purity of conscience, a purity of heart, a purity of intellect, and a purity of will when we meditate. So let's talk about this a little bit. The purity of conscience happens through meditation because through meditation, there's ultimately this conformity to Christ. And usually in meditation, we are meditating upon a truth or a mystery of God. Again, this is why sacred scripture is such a great place to start when it comes to meditation. Now, purity of conscience should lead to and become an aversion from venial sin, where we don't let ourselves just sit in bad habits. Um, A great example where we see this is in sacred scripture, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 11. It says, he who loves purity of heart in whose speech is gracious, will have the king as his friend. In other words, when we love what is pure, when we have that purity of heart, that purity of mind, that purity of intention, that purity of conscience that helps to direct our choices, our positions, we have the king as our friend, and that is God. In order to have a good friendship with someone there has to be a purity of intention toward them. Because we can have a lot of broken, empty, dysfunctional relationships where we have bad intentions toward other people, or we're just using them, or they're just friendships of a convenience. And I think that this is where, when we talk about all of this, where uh, the role of the sacraments, especially confession, comes in is so important because. Uh, daily examination of conscience each night that has to be part of our nightly prayer routine is looking at how do we do well, but how do we do poorly and how can we grow from that? And then what sins do we need to take with us to confession to be healed by the blood of the lamb? That's Jesus Christ in that confessional. It's the priest, yes, but functioning in persona Christi, that is in the person of Christ. It's Christ who forgives our sins. And when we're preparing ourselves every night leading up to when we go to confession, at least really that goal of monthly. It's what's been recommended by the wise saints so gone before us. We see how this meditation that at times can yes include, you know, working through our sins when we're reading sacred scripture. Sacred scripture when we're meditating should lead to this uh, transformation, you know, especially in meditation. This is something that Father leodi says in his book that we've linked on social media, media, that he points to how important it is that when we're praying, that we have a goal of attaining a particular virtue and of getting rid of a particular vice. And that when we go into prayer with this intention to grow in that virtue and to get rid of that vice, as we're meditating, we're going to see through that meditation, through that prayer, where we're at, how we're doing, how we need to grow, adjust, change, and make some resolutions in our life to conform our hearts, minds, wills, consciences to God. and In particular, our conscience has to be formed in order to function properly. Let's talk about purity of heart. This is another one of the fruits or that uh, is developed through meditation. And purity of heart is loving God and loving only God. That should be our goal. It's a detachment from worldly things. Prayer conforms us to reality himself and draws us away from transient desires. Those desires that aren't lasting. That's why we talk about this during our weekly happy hour because happiness, that emotion is transient; it comes and goes. I could be happy one moment and giddy the next, and sorrowful another. That's kind of the roller coaster of human emotions. I can just talk to any teenage girl, and you will see this most clearly. Father Leody says, as long as we are attached to anything created, we no longer have the same freedom to raise ourselves to God. That's the challenge is that we struggle to overcome our sins when we have attachments to created things even disordered attachments to people. Maybe your attachment to problem isn't with money, isn't with a car, isn't with a house or anything particularly like this but maybe you you have a disordered attachment to another human being. It could even be a disordered attachment to your spouse that can therefore inhibit your freedom and your ability to grow and raise yourself to the will of god this is again why examination of conscience and confession at least monthly are so important the third a fruit of purity Coming from meditation is a purity of mind. Father Leody says, when our heart has been thoroughly purified, the disorders of our thoughts will cause us less trouble. It will hardly have any hold upon us. So when our hearts become purified, we see that that then leads us to have less troubling thoughts where those thoughts are no longer taking hold of us. St. Bernard discusses watching and combating our thoughts with an exercise. He says to place to the door of your memory a porter. And when those thoughts arise that we're obsessing over, that we're focusing on, that we're complaining and wallowing in self-pity or trying to fix, we just keep focusing on that. It's distracting us from maybe our duties of thinking about good things or prayer. You know, it's getting in the way of our prayer. St. Bernard says to say to yourself, come now, ought you to think on such things? And then he goes on to, in the statement, to remind yourself of your state in life. And I find myself doing this. Sometimes I'll just be so obsessed with one thing that I'm thinking about. It is making no, helping me to make no progress in life. Is not helping to do anything to make me a joyful or better person. At a certain point, it's just like, just knock it off. That's why I love these words from St. Bernard is to, you know, do an exercise Place at the door of your memory a porter. And when these moments occur, and you have to be able to identify them, instead of indulging in whatever you're doing, that's just an absolute distraction in a meaningless thought. Literally say, Come now, Are you to be thinking on such things. You know, how does this achieve growth? How does this fix the situation? I know I need this exercise, and I think most of us do, but this comes through meditation where we're purifying and shaping our consciences where we're purifying our hearts and then leading to thoughts that have better intentions that we can reel in those thoughts when they're not beneficial or helpful towards us or others and finally that fourth fruit of meditation of purity is the purity of will where we resolve to submit ourselves to the laws of God and his church. We read, if you read sacred scripture, Jesus Christ over and over again talks about us doing the will of the Father. And that's simple, that's all he's asking us to do. The will of the Father flows with human nature, human nature which God created. And that is the only way we will ultimately discover happiness. So purity of will is God being the master of our interior will, which will lead to being master of ultimately our external actions. You no longer have difficulty in knowing what your duty is and resolving to perform that duty. Many of us today struggle to rise to the occasion of love, responsibility, what is right and what is God's plan for us. Sometimes we can't recognize it and sometimes when we do, we don't have that willpower power. To conform ourselves to doing that very thing. You see, prayer is what helps produce the fruits of good works and good actions, specifically meditation on the life of God, the life of the goodness and beauty of who God is, what He does, what He says to us in sacred scripture. And sometimes, I think, in an age where we struggle with inaction, With the dysfunction, we have this failure to launch syndrome for many, especially young men today. It's prayer of meditation that will purify our consciences, purify hearts, purify minds, and ultimately purify wills and lead to action that is what is missing in society. It will be at the heart of what gets us up off of our butts. It will be at the heart of what helps inspire us to Not just do the will of God, but for us to understand and see this is what will help us to pursue even basic, simple things that make us happy that are part of human flourishment. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. I'll come back discussing some simple tips for prayer. Uh, We'll talk about how when we pray, we can see this direct correlation to the way we pray And how that is connected to our happiness and how happy we are. Also, I'm taking some questions on abortion as the debate continues to rise in anticipation of the overturning of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court of the United States. I'll be right back. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I don't think abortion is right, but I can't force my beliefs on someone else. Or we need more women like you to stand up I'm a man and I can't say anything about abortion. I'll address these uh, topics and questions and arguments in just a moment and I disagree with them. We don't need just women to speak up. We need men too. You're so important and you may believe abortion is wrong, but you telling other people is not forcing your beliefs on them, period. I'll tell you why in just a moment. It's our weekly happy hour today on Trending and we're talking about why prayer is a part of human nature and how you won't be happy if you don't pray. This whole hour, we've been talking about prayer from the memoir, an important prayer that you can incorporate into your prayer life to why meditation is so important and the four fruits that it develops in us. And so please be sure to catch the podcast if you haven't been with us. Relevantradio.com forward slash trending is the easiest way to go and listen to the show. We are wherever you catch your podcast and you like to listen. So just go subscribe to us there. I heard a priest many years ago who said that there's a direct proportion, there's a connection between our level of happiness and the level to which we pray. Now, prayer is a part of really just the natural dimension of being a human person. It's a part of our nature, but it's also a part of the natural law. Why? Well, it's really simple. Did you create yourself yourself? no god created us and whoever created us we should have a certain level of gratitude toward just like we should have a gratitude toward our parents for raising us for growing us for nurturing us for spending that time and caring for us there should be gratitude there well there should be all the more gratitude to god our creator who both created us and knit us together in our mother's wombs but also who to this very moment, in this very moment, and this is one of those mind-blowing moments of philosophy that I always actually use as a, a beginning meditation most of the time when I begin to pray, to think about the fact, understand this philosophically, that in this very moment, God is literally giving you life. That if God wasn't choosing to give you life, to give you breath, You would be dead. You would be not just dead, non-existent like that. God is choosing at this very moment to love you into into existence. And if he were not, you would not exist. That's a powerful moment. Calls for some gratitude. And that is part of the reason why it's not just a theological argument, but a philosophical argument. The source of life has to come from somewhere. And it is not you and I. And this is why when you study philosophy, study natural law, you have to find God. And this is why you don't always have to bring up all the theological arguments to help people find God. Human anthropology, human psychology, philosophy, all of that ultimately points back to him. God designed us to perform certain actions and again that's part of our human nature and prayer is part of that. If you don't do something to fulfill that inclination to prayer well you and I will be miserable if we don't. We're not happy when we don't pray or perhaps we're just not praying very well. As I mentioned before, I remember some years ago, a priest commenting upon the proportion of our happiness is proportionate to the level of which of how we pray or, or sorry if we pray, or how well we pray now the three elements of prayer that will help move us from just vocal prayer and vocal prayer is good we all need to engage in vocal prayer vocal prayer would be those prayers that we have memorized or even those prayers that we make up everything from the hail mary and even the our father and yes those prayers can also become meditations as well but those vocal prayers where we're asking 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 sometimes We don't ever get past that or we focus too much on that. So three ways to get past that into meditation, which we talked a lot about meditation earlier and even into some of the higher forms of prayer, such as contemplation, is to, yes, speak, but then to listen and ponder. As a society today, listening and pondering is something we are not good at. It's something we're not comfortable with. And you might say, well, I listen a lot. I listen to, you know, I read all of these social media posts. I read all of these articles online. That's great. But do you hear what you're saying? You listen to all of these things. That's good to be informed. But at a certain point, the length of time to ponder has been lost. And I'm not just talking about, okay, you finished the article. You thought about it while you were reading about it or after the fact. But really pondering, giving yourself time to sit with that. We've lost silence in our culture and we've lost our ability to listen and then ponder what we've listened to or even to ponder what we've said. This requires that we battle distractions. It might mean making your to-do list before you pray or having a to-do list on the side so that you don't go running to get that next thing on Amazon that you forgot you needed to purchase. And for some reason, it's only when you sit down to pray that you can only remember to do that. Or maybe you forgot to cook something or set something out for dinner. Or maybe you forgot to respond to someone's text message or never checked your email. It's been a while. All these things that can get in the way of prayer. Prayer requires we battle distraction. At a certain point, we have to let it go. We have to choose Christ right now. And so tips to make that happen, repeating the name of Jesus, just saying his name over and over again. I remember a priest some years ago when I was on retreat, before he became priest, actually, um, Father Charbel, he was saying that one of the best ways if you struggle to stay focused in prayer is is to just say the name of Jesus over and over again. If you spend an hour, whether it's in in adoration or in prayer, wherever you're at, trying to pray, and you keep finding yourself distracted, and all you did was say the name of Jesus a hundred times because every time you got focused, you'd said the name of Jesus. Oh, you would have said the name of Jesus a hundred times because you were choosing him, and every time you said it, you were choosing him. Every time you said his name. Tips for meditating. Well, St. Teresa of Avila actually has a whole meditation on the Our Father. The Our Father isn't just a vocal prayer, it's a meditation. You can literally say the words Our Father and pause. And just think about those words for 10 minutes. And you can go through the whole Our Father just taking a word or two at a time. It's a fantastic meditation. It's the prayer that Jesus gave to us, not just to say it and move on, but to really ponder into the depths of the meaning. Other great ways to ponder are to sit with a few words or phrases from sacred scripture, perhaps from the gospel reading today. Or maybe to ponder mystery of the faith, the assumption of Mary into heaven. You sit with that and think about it. Or maybe you journal. Sometimes some people struggle with meditation and journaling is a great place to start to help to grow on that meditation. Or how did Jesus literally rise from the dead? Have you ever really thought about that? I remember a priest one time at mass talking about the resurrection of Christ. And he gave this visual that you feel it, you see it, you almost feel like you can touch it. And he talked about, it, and he had his hand and he lifted his hand up. And he said, just imagine the resurrection. Jesus is dead, cold body, just sitting right up. And the warmth that enters into that body. And that's pretty profound. Have you ever thought of that? It literally is dead, cold body. These are things that we can meditate upon and consider the miracles and mysteries and teachings and revelation of the church. So get your intentions out of the way. Give them up to God and trust them. Maybe con- This is why consecrating yourself to St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary have been such powerful means of growing in my prayer life. Because it's this entrustment of what my intentions are and letting go of them. And then moving that out of the way. Giving them over to the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, trusting in my Heavenly Father. And then moving into prayer. We're not supposed to spend all our time asking God for things, but instead adoring, praising, and glorify him. You're listening to Trending with Timmery here on Relevant Radio. Some interesting questions have come in on the abortion topic. On Instagram, Naomi. Said She hears often the argument, I don't think abortion is right, but I can't force my beliefs on someone else. Glad to take this. Terrible argument. This is what the vast majority, I would say of like 60% of people in the middle. I really do believe, I've heard it broken down once. There are 20% of people that are actually very pro-abortion, we could argue, and 20% of people that are actually very pro-life. And then there's 60% in the middle who probably hold some type of pro-life view, but have an attitude like this. I'm personally opposed to abortion. I think it's wrong, but I wouldn't want to force my beliefs on someone else. Pause. This just doesn't hold up. Beliefs are one thing, truth, reality, and safety are another. Would you be compelled to speak up or do something if a woman stood in front of you and was holding a gun to a one-year-old's head? Or would you say, oh, I don't think that's right, but I can't force my beliefs on someone else? No, you would never do that. What about a three-month-old? No, you would never do that. You would intervene. And if you didn't intervene, it would just be out of fear. But should fear keep us from saving someone else's life? I think this is just an argument from fear. I don't want to force my beliefs on someone else. What are you afraid of? What if the baby is only two days old? It's younger than a year old. It's younger than three months old. Well, what if the baby is just a handful of inches further up a woman's birth canal and isn't outside of her body? Are you going to stop someone from holding a gun to the mother's womb? Well, you could argue that that's also killing the mother, too. But what's the difference between the one year old, the three month old, the two day old, or the 30 week old baby? And take it further back 38 weeks. Okay, you're not okay with 38 weeks gestation. Well, what about 25 weeks? What about 12? What's the difference? There is none. Yes, the size, the level of development, the environment, the degree of dependency are different as the baby's younger versus older. And inside of the womb versus outside of the womb. But it's really just big people picking on little people and justifying killing babies. And this is essentially what we do when we say, I don't think abortion is right, but I can't force my beliefs on someone else. Okay, Tony on Instagram, props to you, man, you are pro-life. But you said kind of a comment that, well, I appreciate it at the same time, it really irks me. Tony obviously is not a woman. He said, we need more women like you to take a stand. Pause. Just hold the front door for a second, please, gentlemen. Men can have a take and a voice to an abortion. You don't have to be a woman to weigh in on abortion. You don't have to be a dad. Baby boys and girls are dying. Dad should not be denied the right to say or intervene in the lives of their children, or even if they're not their children. I've seen this firsthand, men who sidewalk counsel, who are in front of the abortion clinics or who speak up when a woman's pregnant and in duress. Male presence speaks volumes and gives women hope and encouragement and changes and saves lives. Abortion often comes with broken male relationships. And gentlemen, when you speak up and are an advocate for life, you change and save lives, just like a woman being pro-life changes and saves lives. This is Tim Rain from Trending with Rain. Joining me Tuesday is licensed marriage and family therapist, Michael Gasparo. He is at the forefront of confronting the crisis centering around gender dysphoria, same-sex attraction. So if you have a question, we'd love to take it. It's a hot topic and we're all trying to navigate from a faith-filled Catholic perspective. So understand the church's teaching and navigate your questions. Join me Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.